Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Emily. Thanks for joining us today. As we begin our time of prayer and reading today, let's just start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, what we're carrying today, as well as praise Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. author of peace and lover of unity, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, as I read your words in scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would lead me and give me understanding. Father, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Today's passage is Acts 6 through 7. We'll start at the end of 7. Just to recap, what's happened is the early church has been subject to um, infighting, and the disciples have handled that with wisdom. Uh, And then Stephen, one of the disciples, has been pulled in front of the Sanhedrin um, and been accused, falsely accused, of blaspheming Moses and of being a terrorist trying to destroy the temple. So he gives a really great defense. Um, He presents the gospel, and he calls the Sanhedrin out on their failure to respond to the Lord, and in response, they stone him. So we'll start in Acts 7, 54. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious, and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on this scripture, I was drawn to this section um, because of the conclusion that it represents. 
um, the, the victorious ending that it represents. And on first glance, it doesn't really seem that victorious. Stephen dies. He becomes the first martyr of the church. But as I dug into it a little bit further, I see where the glory of God is proclaimed, uh, which as believers, that is our victory. Our hope and our prayer is that the glory of God would fill our lives, uh, fill our story. We know that he does not yield his glory to another, and that is what we put our hopes in. So in this story here, um, Stephen is given a great defense for how he is not a terrorist. Um, it is the, the people of the Sanhedrin that are failing to worship God the way that he deserves. They are ignoring the word of God. Um, and the Sanhedrin does not want to hear that. And so in response, these very dignified older men, um, they were revered. They lose their tempers and they throw Roman law aside and they resort to Jewish law of stoning. So we see a lot of just chaos um, and just people coming unhinged when they're presented and confronted with their sin. And in the middle of that, as a picture of calm, we see Stephen, who's full of the Holy Spirit, who sees the glory of God, and he continues to proclaim it. And then even as he dies, he prays basically the words of Jesus on the cross and says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And that really stuck out to me um, as something that I don't know if I would say as I was dying, being murdered um, for telling the truth. I don't, I can't honestly say that I, that would be the cry of my heart. Um, I hope and I pray that it would, that the spirit would fill me and, um, my flesh, um, even as my flesh is dying, my flesh would be submitted to the spirit, but I honestly don't know if I could say that. Um, but as we look at this story, Luke, the author of Acts, um, he takes his time to introduce us to a new character, a young man named Saul. And if you remember um, from passages we haven't read yet, Saul turns into Paul, who writes a significant portion of the New Testament. Um, and he is, his experience on the Damascus Road is largely held as one of the greatest conversion stories. He's held really highly in esteem um, with helping the church movement turn into what it was, being the agent of God's mercy and the agent of God's faithfulness through the ends of the earth. Um, so here, when we meet Saul, he is a young man who is chosen. He gives his approval for this, um, and he stands and he holds the coats as Stephen dies for the movement. And just looking at this and seeing how the great sovereign God works all things together for his glory, knowing that Stephen's last words were do not hold this sin against them as a prayer, as a plea on behalf of his murderers, and then seeing several chapters later where that prayer is answered through Saul. I feel like the picture of the glory of the Lord that that represents is one that is both incredibly encouraging and difficult to swallow. 
what I learned from this is that in our suffering, the glory of the Lord may not be found in releasing us and saving us. It may be found in our death, in our loss, and in our prayers being answered that someone else is rescued. That's a hard one to sit with. I want to ask you, quite honestly, in your heart as you reflect on this, is your understanding of God's glory determined by where your benefit is found? Or is your understanding of God's glory, like Stephen's, a great picture that even in the loss of your life, the Lord will be glorified through answering the prayer and calling someone else to himself? How big is your understanding of God's glory? How big is your understanding of his sovereignty? This is an encouragement. This is exciting. This is something that brings us hope and freedom. If we sit in it and we press past our discomfort and we open ourselves up to understand God's glory the way that he does. My prayer for you today as you go out through your day is that the Lord would bring you into his kingdom and open your eyes to his glory.
Father, we thank you that your glory is incomprehensible. We thank you that your holiness is separate from us, that you are greater than we could imagine, you are greater than we could doubt, you are greater than we could ask, you are greater than we could ever understand. You give us immeasurably more, you see immeasurably more, and you are working all things for your glory. Father, we ask that you would open our eyes and you would open our hearts through our lives and by our prayers. May your kingdom come.